Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Come inside, the show's about to start. Guaranteed to blow your head apart. Now, the Andy Everett Show. On ticket 760. 6.02 as we commence the third and final hour of the show this evening. Great stuff so far with the uh, Britney Spears saga that is uh, infiltrating Spurs Summer League out in Vegas. If anything else happens, we'll let you know. But my guess is, is that by Saturday night when uh, Wimby plays that first game, this is uh, behind us. And uh, I, I, I sense a photo opportunity coming. Let's uh, have the two get together at center court and, you know, meet each other and and then uh, let the tabloids run it with whatever they want after all of that. That's uh, that's my my uh, in discussion on, on that for now. We'll talk more about that. Did you see uh, Corey Dillon's uh, tweet today? I, I glanced over it. Something about that. He's not happy with some type of ring of honor. Well, the Bengals have a ring of honor. And the Bengals don't have very many people in this ring of honor. I think they only have six players in the ring of honor. And let me see if what uh, they, they, he's their all time leading rusher. And he obviously, you know, has had, had a great career with them. <laughs> he tweets out, I'm pretty sure they will put blanking John Kitna in there before they put me in. Uh, matter of fact, Scott Mitchell will end up in that blank before I do. Uh, and so um, here's the, the six members of the group right now are Paul Brown, Ken Anderson, Ken Riley, Anthony Munoz, Isaac Curtis, and Willie Anderson. Riley is going to be posthumously inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, he and Munoz are the only ones with a gold jacket. Anderson was a finalist in 2002. Here's the other thing about Corey Dillon. He may be the all-time leading rusher, but I think when you put players in the ring of honor, you want people that represented your organization well as well. And he has had multiple issues with domestic violence and other things off the field that I'm sure has weighed heavily on the Bengals organization to not put him in. In this era of honoring people, it's not just about stats. Uh, Ty Cobb would have a hard time staying eligible to play in, a, in Major League Baseball right now with the things he used to do off the field. Uh, you can take that as a good thing or a bad thing, but that's what the thing is. And I think that's probably the biggest reason why the Bengals haven't honored Corey Dillon yet. All right. The other story I want to get to today concerning the NFL, Marie Smith is going to leave the office soon as the president, executive director of the NFL Players Association. And there was a story out there today that is in his parting shot as he is making his way out, he is encouraging the NFL to do away with the rule that's been around for 20 years, known as the Rooney Rule. And the Rooney Rule, named after the owners of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, who have made it very clear over the last 20 years that there is a, um, a, a kind of a, a method to make sure that minority candidates at least get an opportunity to be interviewed for jobs and that they're not overlooked for jobs. And I think it's ironic that the Rooney Rule has created a situation where for the last however many years, Mike Tomlin has been the team's coach. And the stories that you read about Mike Tomlin was he was never going to be considered as a head coach until he actually went through the interview process. And without the Rooney rule, the Roonies weren't likely to even interview him. And once they interviewed him, they were like, 
wow, this guy may be the guy we need after all. And I don't remember who the other candidates were, however long ago it was, when, when Mike Tomlin took the job from Bill Cowher, mid-2000s. But uh, the Rooney rule that the Rooneys have created allowed them to find the guy that they have had as their, as their coach. And this is an organization that in the last 50 years has had three coaches, Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher, and Mike Tomlin. And from that respect, I think the Rooney rule has been great. But what D. Marie Smith wants to do is he wants to eliminate the Rooney rule. He wants to change current hiring so no coach can be hired until 30 days after the Super Bowl. That's not going to work. There's always going to be Black Monday as soon as the season ends. Every year, that Monday after the, the Sunday uh, Week 17 game, there's four or five coaches or, or more that get fired. And usually before the Super Bowl starts, those jobs are filled. Once your season is over, the work has to go into, into play immediately to figure out how you're going to make your team better the next year. Where your team is at. Is this a quick fix? Is this a short fix? Is this a, is this a personality issue? Uh, and you need to move pretty quickly. Uh, and obviously, you still have coaches that are coaching other teams maybe as coordinators uh, or position coaches that you want to consider. And often you interview those people and you've already know who you're going to hire and you get permission to be able to hire that, that coach so that as soon as they leave their current job, they can move into being the head coach of your team. You can't wait until March in order to have your head coach in place. Uh, you have the NFL combines. You have all the other things that are going on, and they need to be studying what they know um, is the is the things that's going to help them be successful as your next coach. I disagree with that. Uh, they, he wants uh, a better evaluation of talent, and I think the biggest thing in the NFL right now is why has Eric Bieniemy not become a head coach? Because there's a lot of people that think he should be based on the fact that he's been to some extent, the offensive coordinator at uh, Kansas City, uh, but he's also not called the plays. And he reads the play caller, so that makes it a little bit different than most offensive coordinators who actually call the plays. And I think, you know, he's interviewed several times, and something has come up, I guess, in those interviews that's prevented him from getting hired because I don't think 10 or 12 teams would have passed on him over the last three or four years if there wasn't a red flag that jumped up somewhere. Uh, Marie Smith wants to not require teams to get permission to speak with other teams. Um, and I understand that I think once the season's over, um, if you have a position coach or a coordinator, I think every team needs to know that that coordinator is being looked at. Let's use the example. Um, well, I don't know there is an example, but I have a, an offensive coordinator that I want to keep as offensive coordinator because I've got an aging coach or a coach that's about to quit, and I want him to become my head coach as soon as that head coach that I have currently decides to retire. I, I, let's say the, the, the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. Well, if I know that other teams are, are looking to hire him as a head coach, I want to know about that, and I think I should have the courtesy of knowing that, not just behind-the-back negotiations with my coordinating staff, because I would make if I want that guy badly enough, I'll be able to make it worth his while to not leave, knowing that he's kind of the coach in waiting. So I think all teams have should have the respect of having permission. I disagree with that part. Outside source to monitor hiring practices. I didn't know that that wasn't already there. Chief diversity officer to help uniform contracts and objectives. Uh, all, all of the thing limit nepotism. I mean, there's some great coaches that were sons of other coaches. 
And I'm sure they got opportunities because their dads helped them get that. But you have that, that situation in almost every business in the world. And often you get bad coaches or bad people that get into a situation, not bad personality-wise, but just not very good at what they do, based solely on the fact that they were someone's kid. I think Wade Phillips is a great example of one of the best coordinators that the league has ever seen. But he got head coaching jobs because of uh, his success as a coordinator and probably a little bit because his dad was a pretty good head coach. That doesn't d diminish the fact that Wade Phillips was is a really good football mind and knows a lot about football. But the head coaching position requires more than just X's and O's. You have to be the guy that runs the ship. You're the CEO. You're the, the face of the franchise. And there's a lot of things that you have to do that are not football related that matter. Uh, other things that he's talked about is uh, evaluation of talent uh, um, and um, uh, I guess uh, limit nepotism was the last one I had on here. All of this is, I think, great ideas. And obviously, at some point, they should probably implement or make the Rooney rule stronger or do away with it and come up with a different rule. But that doesn't stop an owner from, the, at the end of the day, from hiring whoever he wants to in the first place. And you can have all these, the interviews that are legitimate and those that are just token interviews. And at the end of the day, you can pick whoever you want as your owner. And that's what owners are going to continue to do. Uh, and if they think that, that they have a coach that they can um, win games with, that, that's obviously a, a, a big deal. But that head coach, as I said, also has to be the face of that franchise. And owners are going to be very selective in who they hire. And it's not just in the NFL, it's in the NBA, and it's in the NHL, and it's in Major League Baseball and all sports. If I own the team, I get to pick who my GM is, I get to pick who my coach is. Usually you pick the general manager and you discuss coaches, and you find coaches that the general manager is comfortable with because those two people, along with the owner, has to decide what the makeup of your team's going to be via the draft and via free agency. So Marie Smith with some parting shots as he leaves. I think all of this is interesting and obviously should be taken into consideration. But at the end of the day, that owner is going to still hire whoever he wants. Uh, and hopefully you have more situations like what happened in Pittsburgh where the owner realizes the best candidate is the one that they were just interviewing to interview someone. And it turned out, hey, this guy actually knows what he's doing. We should hire him. So uh, we'll see how that all plays out. But Marie Smith with those parting shots. All right, coming up next... Jeannie Buss sent out a tweet today that's uh, ruffled the feathers of Shaquille O'Neal and other Laker fans. I've got some thoughts on that coming up. Plus, Brianna Stewart and Afisha Collier want to start their own league in the WNBA's offseason. All of that and more coming up. Nothing can ruin your day like having your windshield messed up and your sunroof messed up or the back windshield not working right. So if any of that is uh, affecting your vehicle, it's time for a visit to r, &R Auto Glass and get it fixed or replaced. r, &R Auto Glass is out there on Nakoma, 104 West Nakoma, just north of 281 and north of the airport, all kinds of inventory. When you make your appointment at uh, 340-2588 or you show up out there, say, hey, the reason I'm here is because I heard about this on Ticket 760 and uh, I understand there is a Ticket 760 discount. There is. You have to ask for it, though, when you get there. And uh, most importantly, though, you're going to get your windshield fixed quickly 
and correctly, and you're going to bet at the end of the day you're not even going to realize that there was a problem to begin with. Not only windshields, but sunroofs, window regulators, and rear windows. If it's got glass and it goes in your car, most uh, chances are R&R Auto Glass can get it fixed. I've used R&R before. Many others have too. They're the best. Locally owned and operated. Make that appointment today. They can usually do it in the day, especially if you get it in before noon. 340-2588 and ask about the Ticket 760 discount when you make your appointment. It's R&R Auto Glass. 614, the Indy Everett Show continues on the ticket. Where's your golf game going to be this week or this weekend? How about the Alamo City Golf Trail? I'll be at Willow on Saturday afternoon. Love to play the golf courses. Lots of fun on the trail. And it's the best value for golf in San Antonio. You've also got Mission to Lago, Willow Springs, Brackenridge, and uh, Almas Basin, Northern Hills, and Cedar Creek. And if you want to work on your game, the San Pedro Driving Range and Par 3 is the place to be, including the uh, brand-new putting green that they have out at San Pedro. Uh, you can also uh, play the par three golf course. You do need a tee time these days out there. It's becoming very popular, and it's a great place to work on your intermediate shots, and especially if you're new to the game, uh, learn the game on an easier golf course. Uh, you can log on to alamocitygolftrail.com and book a tee time on any of those golf courses. You can also sign up for memberships. So wherever you may be in terms of how much golf you play, uh, there's a membership for you that will save you money when you do play golf and on other things along the trail as well. It's the Alamo City Golf Trail. Book online today at alamocitygolftrail.com. All right, there was a, a tweet that was sent out by, from the Genie Bus account. But before I get to that, the I saw the previews the other day on HBO uh, for the second season of Showtime. Uh, Showtime was the document, or the the, uh, the not it was a series that they started a year a year ago in the spring, that documented Magic Johnson's um, kind of it was a, a story about Magic going to the Lakers and the Magic Bird rivalry and basically it was how the Showtime Lakers got uh, created. It it, po- it portrayed Jerry Buss as this um, this. You know, crazy guy as a general manager that was obsessed with winning, that was was bent out of shape because he lost six of the seven times to the Celtics. And then when he did, finally did win a championship in 1972, it was not against the Celtics. It was against, I think, the Knicks. But anyway, uh, Jerry West was kind of a basket case as, as it was portrayed in that in that uh, movie. And it talks about Paul Westhead, you know, being the head coach and then losing the team and Pat Riley being in the mix and Westhead not being able to make snap decisions and Riley was always there to bail him out. And I think we're going to see the next uh, series starting in August uh, where I guess Magic gets hurt his second year and then they win again in 82 against Philadelphia again. Uh, and we'll see how this next series plays out. But one of the things about this series is that Jerry Buss was kind of a... Um, a demanding owner in a lot of respects, but a very daring owner in others. Uh, Jerry always was hands-on. He always believed in himself. He always believed he could sell something. And even when he was running out of money, and it was there were dire times uh, with the Laker organization in the beginning, he figured out one way or the other, we'll make this work. He borrowed money uh, basically on, on a whim from a Sacramento bank. Because they're the only ones that would win him money, uh, would lend him the money, and the only way he could pay it back is if they won the 1980 championship, which they did, and it didn't look like they had any chance of winning the 1980 championship early that in that season. Uh, 
That was also the year that uh, the head coach, uh, McKinney, went uh, down with a bicycle injury. Paul Westhead took over, and they ended up winning the championship. So the next series is going to come out. We'll see if there's a tamer version of Jerry West because most people around Jerry West didn't particularly like the way he was portrayed. Yeah, he was competitive, and yes, he was... Uh, um, was 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 wanting to win, and he was desperate that he are, are, are very de- upset that he didn't win as much as he could have in the '60s. Uh, but uh, he um, he also was was uh, was was excited about the fact that uh, he did win one championship, and now he was the general manager of that uh, organization as well. So today, this uh, tweet comes out from the Genie Bus account, and it says, "Who are the?" most important five players in Lakers history. And one player that was not on, or two players that should be on the top five of all time in Laker history were not. One was um, was Jerry West, and the other was Shaquille O'Neal. Now, yes, Shaquille started his, his, uh, his, his seasons, with his uh, career with Orlando, and then uh, moved forward into being a part of the Laker organization, and then uh, finished his career with the Heat and the Cavaliers and the Celtics and other teams along the way. But the the championship years of Shaq were the three that he won in Los Angeles were pretty important. But the five players that Jeannie Buss had on her, or five people that she had on her all-time most important Laker list were Magic Kareem, uh, Kobe Bryant, Phil Jackson, and LeBron James. Now, I understand you were around and you became the owner and the sole boss of the team, if you will, when LeBron came to you in the in the 2020 season. But LeBron James's career has never been about the Lakers. It's been a way more about the Heat and way more about the Cleveland Cavaliers, where he won championships with both. And yes, he's won one with the Lakers, but that was in the end of his career. And he may finish his career someplace else so he can play with his kid. Uh, there, you cannot talk about the Los Angeles Lakers and their history without Jerry West. And I think he's just as important or more important than Kareem and Magic and Kobe. He's got to be number one no matter what. He was there in the 60s when they didn't win. He was there in the 70s when they did win. And he's been an executive with the team for most of the last 30 years as well. And then if you want to put Phil Jackson in there, that's fine. If you want to leave Shaq off, I'm okay with that. But I would put Shaq ahead of Phil because Phil's not winning if he doesn't have Shaq and Kobe. And then... The last person that needs to be on there is LeBron. There's 10 players I'd put on the Lakers all-time Mount Rushmore great list, far more than LeBron. Just look in the rafters at all the players, that, the people that they have signed up. I'd put Chick Hearn out there more before I'd put LeBron on. Uh, he's way more important to the Lakers than what LeBron's had done. Yes, they won it in, in, in 2020, and it was a, a bubble championship, and it was played late in the year, and nobody cared. Uh, but... LeBron James has been in Los Angeles because that's the next place he needed to go to further the LeBron James brand. Uh, but he, to me, he is the last person that you would put on the top five Lakers of all times list. And uh, so I think Jeannie Buss got it right for the most part. The one thing I'm disappointed about is that docu that series. It's not a documentary. It's a it's a movie basically that lasts. It's like a series. The one thing that it portrays is Jeannie Buss was a pretty smart marketing person and a really good executive and talked her dad into things that really made the Lakers Showtime sellable and sizzle. She was really, really good at what she did. And uh, in the the 70s and 80s, the Lakers had a, a lot of female representation when it came 
to their of their front office and to marketing. And Jeannie Buss was really, really good at it. But Jeannie Buss hasn't proven out to be a great owner uh, since uh, her dad passed away. And there was a couple years where she had to battle her brothers, and that was chaotic, uh, to say the least. Uh, but at some point, she's got to take control of that team and not let it be LeBron that's running the team. I love LeBron. I think there's a lot of things about him that are great, but you can't let him decide who the roster is going to be, who the general manager is going to be, and who the coach is going to be. Eventually, that has to come down to the ownership. And I, I, I think that's exactly why she put LeBron on there, because she wants some type of, uh, I don't know, good, good graces with LeBron. Because we all know, as as I've stated over the uh, over the past couple of weeks, is wherever LeBron goes, it's it's that's the LeBron team. You know, LeBron makes the decisions. If he doesn't like you, he's going to trade. He didn't you. make the decisions in Miami. Pat Riley did. Yeah. Well, from what at least from what we know, for the most there's part, there's no way Pat Riley listened to one second of what LeBron wanted, other than I'm gonna I'm gonna put you with uh, Bosh and Wade, but the players that they got to complement that team. That was those were Pat Riley decisions. LeBron may have had input, but he wasn't the one making the final decision. Yeah, he is the guy in Los Angeles. There's no question about that. Yeah, early on in his, in his career, I could I could see to where maybe he doesn't have the pull, but now you know he is LeBron, so he has and, the pull, and wherever he goes, he makes the decision. So this, it, even adding Phil Jackson, I to me it's it's a desperate attempt at Genie Bus to say. Look, I still love and appreciate you, <laughs> Phil. Even we dated for twenty something years or whatever, and then I kicked you to the curb because you decided to go live in Montana out in the woods. But I don't care. Again, if you're talking about people that have impact, you know Jerry West as much as an impactful front office person as he he's, was a he's player. The, he's the logo. Yes, like he's even though there's kind of not issues, but suspect around. Well, is he the logo because? It's he's not, the logo. Yeah, he. we all know he's the logo, but the NBA has never officially come out and said he's the logo. Yeah, well, let me tell you something. I played. A, I had a game when I was a kid before the logo was uh, was created, and there was a silhouette of Jerry West on this game. It was a magnetic board that you played basketball with in this archaic 1970s game that most of you under 40 have no clue what I'm talking about. But I had this game, and it was that Jerry West silhouette that's on the NBA logo that became the NBA lo logo later. So the logo is Jerry West. To make no sense, uh, and I don't care if you think Jerry West deserves to be the logo or not. Uh, that's that's irrelevant. But from a Lakers standpoint, from 1960 to 19 to 2018, Jerry West was a Laker and did everything for that organization and made all kinds of moves and trades, uh, and has been a huge part of that organization. From pretty much its entire existence, and and to not have him on your top five all time most important people is, is he's number one. He's he got he made the trade. Uh, he was on the team when they traded for Kareem. He was part of the organization when they got Magic. Even though he was against the Magic um, uh, draft in the first place, he wanted uh, Sidney Moncrief. Glad that didn't work out. But he he quickly realized, hey, this guy's better than I thought he was. And he was part of the Kobe trade in 1995 with, with Charlotte, 96 with Charlotte. He's been a part of everything that organization has done. I can understand you putting Phil on there from a personal standpoint, and I can even understand you putting on them from a team standpoint because he won all the championships as their coach. But Phil Jackson, and, and for that matter, none other, no other coach, has ever won championships with inferior talent. And when he won, he had the best players, and he was able to not mess it up more so than he was able to coach them to wins. Well, most 
Most coaches that don't have egos will tell you, without my players, I'm not winning. And as long as I don't mess them up, we're probably going to be pretty good if I've got good players. Yeah, completely, completely agree. I, it, I, I don't understand the fa- the the LeBron thing. Only her trying to suck up to LeBron because, like you said, Shaq. You know should- what I want to see? I want to see somebody draft Ronnie James next year and say, "Oh, by the way, we don't want LeBron on the team." <laughs> <laughs> what? What? How? How hilarious would it be if it's the Spurs winds up has the availability to draft Bronny? They draft him, and LeBron's like, "Oh boy, I'm gonna go get to play with Pop." And they're like, "Hey, you know what? Uh, no, we're gonna we ship, don't need you. We're, we're gonna ship Bronny out to to Detroit for <laughs> for a second round draft pick in 2050." Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, let's say that uh, you know the Orlando Magic draft Bronny and say, "By the way, we don't want the the circus that is LeBron following us around for a year." Now, no team's gonna do that because they know they can sell tickets, especially if they're a terrible team. And if Le- if Bronny gets picked early in the draft, say top 15 players in the draft, chances are that's a bad team that needs all the publicity they can get. So they're not gonna say no to it. But I would love to say see a team draft Bronny and then tell the NBA, by the way, we're not signing LeBron, even if he wants to come here for the league minimum. All right, coming up next, a couple of WNBA players think they want to start their own league. This has been tried before, and it's failed miserably. We'll discuss that coming up. If you want to get to yourself as healthy as you can, it's time for a visit to Oasis Cryo and Health Spa. Now, I've done the cryo sessions there for three times now over the last couple months, and I'm going to do some more, but I also want to try out some of their other things at uh, Oasis Cryo. Let me tell you about the cryo session first. You're in this very cold chamber for about three minutes. Now, before I got to do this, I thought, well, is it going to be claustrophobic because I don't like tight quarters? It's not. Uh, is it going to be a miserable for three minutes it's not miserable but it's cold and they talk you through the three minutes and get your mind off the clock so that three minutes goes pretty quickly and at the end you feel a little bit more revived a little bit more energy and a little bit more alertness this is an idea to get your body to reduce its inflammation with cold therapy. It's something that's been around for many, many centuries, but now we're kind of honing in on how we do this uh, correctly. And it's a way to let the body heal itself without medication. Other things at Oasis include sauna treatments to help out uh, your body, get all the detox and all that bad stuff out of your body through sweating. Helps with cardiovascular issues as well. A halo salt treat, uh, ter- therapy treatment to clear up your sinuses and your allergies. And a thermal spine massage unit to give you the benefits of a massage without actually having a massage. The website is oasiscryo.com. It's at Northwest Military, just north of Wurzbach Parkway. And I suggest you start adding this to your stay healthy plan as I have right away. Oasis Cryo and Health Spa, oasiscryo.com. Rejuvenate your mind, body, and soul at Oasis Cryo. All right, 632, the Indy Everett Show on the ticket. All right, 637. It's the Indy Everett Show on Ticket 760. Thank you for being part of the discussion today. If you need to get stretched out and get your muscles working properly, it's time for a visit to Stretch Zone. Not only will they get you more flexible, but they'll help you with your range of motion, your posture, and your ability to relax and just chill out a little bit. Stretch Zone practitioners have degrees in exercise science and kinesiology. They go through a a lot of training to get certified, and they have their unique stretch stabilizing system to make sure that they're getting all the things you need stretched out, stretched out. In fact, I even have some places that I didn't even know existed that were tight, 
and didn't even know they were there, let alone tight, when I went through a couple of the stretches recently. Go to stretchzone.com, type in your zip code. You'll find a location near you. The locations are around Dominion, TPC, Bandera Point, Stone Oak, Alamo Heights, The Forum, in Kerrville and Corpus Christi. Uh, you can sign up for a stretch. That first stretch is always free. And then if you want to book some extra stretches and you mention me, they'll give you a bonus stretch as well. They do all the work at Stretch Zone. If you go to a game, and any kind of a game, you're going to see athletes out there on the field getting stretched out before they uh, perform. If they're doing it, you and I should be doing it too before we go play tennis or golf or whatever it is that we're doing. And at Stretch Zone, you get all the benefits. They do all the work at StretchZone.com. All right, uh, the WNBA is having uh, its best, uh, great success. We saw the, uh, earlier this year in the NCAA women's tournament with it being on ABC on Sunday that more people watched that than any women's basketball game in the history of women's basketball. And the WNBA is having similar success and has over the last few years. I still think the league needs to work on its scheduling. I think they need to play uh, two or three, uh, play three games a week for 13 weeks or 11 weeks and get their season over with before football starts. I don't think any league should ever try to compete against the NFL other than college football, and they don't play on the same days as uh, the the pros do anyway. Uh, but if you're a uh, – I think the WNBA is something that, that uh, fans can be attracted to, especially families with daughters uh, and especially families uh, that uh, want to watch basketball. And the league has gotten better and better in its 25-plus years of being around. Uh, the one thing that they changed in 2020 with the last collective bargaining agreement when they upped the salaries was that if you are a player that wants to play overseas, that's fine, but your contract with those overseas teams needs to be reworked so that if their season runs into April and May when training camp starts in the United States for the WNBA, that you're going to need to leave. Otherwise, you may not be eligible to play in the season. And for years, back when... when um, when the, the Silver Stars and Stars were in San Antonio, and I was a part of that broadcast team with Andrew Monaco, uh, there were times when training camp would start around May 15th, and there were two or three players that weren't there until a day or two before the game. And they had to keep roster spots open, and they had to keep players on the team who knew they were going to get cut as soon as, you know, wh whoever the player was that was trying to get back from overseas. And a lot of the players, as they aged... Uh, decided they didn't want to go do that, or as they got families, they wanted to spend the summers or the winters with their their family and not go overseas. But there's still a large portion of WNBA players that because the money is so attractive in foreign countries that when the WNBA season ends in September or October, that they go in October, November, or they go for three months or six months and play in a variety of different leagues. You may remember back in 2008, I think Becky Hammond got some kind of a contract that was like, I want to say it was like $3 million for six years to play for a team in Russia. And then the owner of that team was murdered and they had to change up the league a little bit. And she went back a couple years later. She also uh, played in Spain and I think a couple other countries as well. Uh, but the, the opportunity for the, the players was astronomically more than it was in the WNBA. I think as late as 2017, the max salary in the league was 130000 Now it's two forty-five and change. And so the, the uh, popularity of the league has allowed the dollars to be better for the athletes. But still, if you're making two hundred grand and somebody offers you another two hundred grand to go play in Germany or Spain or in the past Russia, and I think in, in, the, in a few years when Russia and, and the Ukraine end their war, 
and that region stabilizes a little bit, you may see the uh, Russian leagues respond as well. Uh, those 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 uh, pl- uh, owners are paying so much money. It's really difficult for somebody that's 25 years old to say no when they can make double their salary by playing a little bit more basketball. So one of the things that the WNBA is asking these players to do by that is to not wear yourself out playing winter ball in in Russia or Germany or Spain or wherever. China, um, there's other places around the globe where they played. But to stay here and train and get better. And if you're a player making 245, that's probably a lot easier than a player that's making 75, especially if that player can make a lot more going overseas. But the contracts now read... You have to be here for training camp, and the WNBA has to be a priority. Well, Brianna Stewart and Nafisha Collier have decided that they want to start a U.S.-based league that will play January and February and March. It will be a three-on-three league, uh, and some of the best players will be showcased during this three-month stretch. Uh, There's a lot of roadblocks, I think, that's in their way. If the players are just coming up with the idea... And they can find somebody that can fund it and find, more importantly, somebody that can actually run it. That would be a start. But there's no player that has the time or the knowledge or the energy to be able to spend the time necessary to create something like this. We have the big three, I think, right now in the summertime with the NBA. But I've read somewhere where that's going to go away. I, was, I watched about 30 seconds of one of these games the other day uh, with the three-on-three half-court game. I found it incredibly boring and was like, okay, is there something else that I can watch? And was immediately flipping to the next channel. Uh, or maybe it was on before the golf and I watched two minutes of it before they got to the, to the golf tournament. I, I think it was CBS Sports was doing a three-on-three uh, game the other day. I, I, if you're going to play basketball, play five-on-five and play full court and make it a real game. We don't need to gimmick up our sports to get people to watch them. And I don't care if you are Brianna Stewart or if you're Asia Wilson or you're the best or worst player in the in the WNBA. I'm going to watch you play in the WNBA, but I'm probably not going to watch you play three on three January, February and March. Not only do you still have the NFL going on in January and February that you're not going to be able to get any of those followers to come to you. you then you have the college basketball tournament in late February and, and into March Madness. Uh, and and you have other things going on in the wintertime. Uh, the Super Bowl now is going to go through the second weekend in February. So you're kind of, again, trying to compete in a league just so you can make a few extra bucks instead of going overseas. I think the WNBA will continue to raise salaries as the league becomes more and more popular and has more revenue to it. But trying to start a league is really, really hard to do. And just because you're a player in that league with no uh, idea on how these leagues operate, and most athletes don't, this is going to be a really hard situation. No league is ever going to survive without television or some kind of a streaming partner. We're seeing that with Live Golf right now. They have no revenue coming in. They have to buy time on networks. If you can't get a, 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 a network, whether it's a streaming partner or a regular television network, to pay you for the rights and then they can go sell that for more than they're paying the rights for, you're dead. You're not ever going to be able to survive without TV. Uh, You also have to have the best players in the league doing this. Are are the top five or six players, are the top two players from every team going to be involved in this? Are they going to choose to go play for three months overseas, or are they going to go do, you know, just take the winner off? 
All of these things are on the table. And every time that an athlete says, well, we'll just start our own little league and we'll do our own little thing, more often than not, it fails. Because if you, even if you have the backing for it, you have to have somebody that's got managerial skills on running leagues to make it work. And if the NBA and the guys in this league that we're seeing with, uh, and I, if you're going to do a three-on-three league, you got to have people that matter and people that, that people notice and that are celebrities. The, the NBA hasn't been able to do that with its three-on-three league, and I, I, I think it's bad television, and I can't imagine that the WNBA is going to be able, or the WNBA players are going to be able to make this succeed. This is not a WNBA venture. It's a Brianna Stewart and Afisha Collier venture that they're trying to get off the ground, and I think they're going to have a hard time making it work. Yeah, and I don't, I don't understand how it wouldn't be any type of competing you know agreement or, or, or non-competing agreement with within the w well the wba is not it's, it, it's non-season and so the wnba hasn't told its players you can't play in other leagues they just said if you're playing in overseas you better be here when training camp starts well and that you know that that's a thing and it's another thing in itself but if you're a just say right now a, a, a i know she retired but say a sue bird you know, a Sue Bird decides to play in this. She gets hurt, and she's wind up, and she winds up being done for the season. What is that? You know, it, it, it turns, it, 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 it's, it's the same thing as when they played overseas because there were always players that got hurt overseas and then missed the next WNBA season. So that that's happened before. I don't. I don't think it's gonna, the WNBA is going to prevent players from playing in other leagues. I just don't think this league is going to work. I don't think the American television is going to want to kind of put it on TV. I don't think a streaming service is going to want to fund it. I don't think advertisers are going are to want to buy it. And the players are going to want money to do it. So where's the money going to come from? It's going to come from rights fees and advertisers. And I can't imagine either one's going to exist. Yeah, I, I I don't see it. And how you were saying about the big three as well, I believe that's you know reports are it's on the, on the way out it's, as well. Well, it's, they it's, need to pull the plug on yeah. the life support because it, it, it's bad it's, TV. It's a gimmick thing. It's uh, a gimmick thing. And I understand that the the WNBA players they're doing this so they don't have to go overseas and, and make money and stay home and in the states. Uh, I, I am on board with you that the NBA for the they do need to do more. To, to help out the WNBA uh, and with some of these younger rising WNBA stars, maybe something like this at least puts interest or po- the possibility of, hey, okay, we need to start backing the WNBA players a little bit better. Yeah, I, th- I think there's going to be more and more funding, but at the end of the day, people want to watch the game as it was meant to be played, not flag football in the in the Pro Bowl and, and not some gimmick game someplace else. They want to watch real basketball, and the WNBA has provided that entertainment in the summertime, especially for those that are not baseball fans or want a diversion from baseball. But starting a league in the wintertime against the NBA and against the, 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 the tail end of the Super Bowl and the start of the college football uh, tournament or college basketball tournament it's going to be a hard hard sell all right what is not a hard sell is if you need solar right now roof fix is having its biggest solar sale ever and they're going to give you the best deals ever and if they if you sign up right now they're going to pay your energy bill until your solar is activated plus they're going to give you 50 percent off labor 30 percent tax credits tons of rebates if you want to make everybody jealous of your roof get a metal roof the new tilcor metal roof from roof fix 
is absolutely beautiful, safe when it comes to fires and lightning, and lasts forever and ever. And if storm damage has affected your roof later, lately, you need Roof Fix as well to get out there and fix it. It is the best time to do all of it and save money with the tax credits and rebates available. Roof Fix, the fastest growing company in San Antonio and named a top uh, in, in a GAF ranked as one of the top roofers in the nation. Save money and go metal or go solar at Roof Fix. RoofixSA.com, 210 Fix Roofs, the phone number. It's Roofix for your roofing needs. It's the Indy Everett Show, 649 on the ticket. One, two, three, not only you and me. Got degrees and I'm in between. One, it's Britney Spears Day, if you haven't figured it out on uh, the ticket today, with all the stuff going on in Vegas with her and, and Wimbiyama, or actually the Spurs uh, security detail. I'm guessing all the charges will eventually be dropped and uh, they'll have a uh, photo session at some point this weekend. Do you like fixing your own car? If you do, you need to go to Pick and Pull to find parts for it. Pick and Pull has the largest inventory in South Texas of cars that you can pull parts from. Everything is uh, categorized in their interchange in real-time inventory search system. And when you go to Pick and Pull, they will be able to get you right to the car that you need. In fact, you can go online before you go down there and make sure that they have the car and the part that you want. And they probably have it because they buy hundreds of cars every single week. They also buy your old car if it's sitting around and no longer in use. Even if it's not running, they'll come get it and haul it off for free. And they'll pay for you for cash. Uh, for your vehicle. They'll even pick it up from your house anytime you want them to. For the best quality used auto parts, or if you just want to sell something you can no longer use, visit pickandpullsa.com. Open till 7 every night of the week. And they buy more because they pay more, and they have more parts cars than anyone else in town. DeJounte Murray got an extension. Did you see that? $120 million? Yeah. Thir- th- what is it? Four years? $120 million? So thir- $30 million a year? Not Maybe. bad. Good, good for him. You know, there's a lot of people that are disappointed with the Spur- the trades the Spurs made. Obviously, Derek White's had some success in Boston. DeJounte's now in Atlanta. And understand that I, I, I think most Spurs fans understand this. I don't know that people outside the market understand this, and I really don't care that they don't. But the Spurs, as we've discussed many times, were in NBA purgatory when Tim Duncan left. And the players they drafted were good enough and developed by Spurs personnel over the last six or seven years to where they were good enough to win a a bunch of games that made them stay in NBA purgatory, to stay in that 35-37 range win season. You never are good enough uh, to win playoff series or even qualify for the playoffs when you win that number of games. And you're never bad enough to get an impact player that can get you out of that situation. And so while you're not tanking you're organically tanking by getting players uh, by drafting very young players with very raw talent that you can, you know, like Keldon Johnson and Vassell and and players like that and Bassey and now Trey Jones and others. And you know that just because of their, their skill set, their skill set is high and their potential is high, but when they're young, they're only going to win X number of games. And this year that number was 20 and that gave you the opportunity to draft Wimbiyama. So if you see anybody put something ridiculous on Facebook or Twitter about, well, he wasn't good enough for the Spurs, but he's good enough for Atlanta for $120 million, just reach out and say, I'd rather have Victor Wimbiyama than, than uh, DeJounte Murray. And the guys that are out here will be as good as, as uh, Murray in the future. That'll wrap it up for today. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a fabulous uh, Thursday night. It's the Andy Everett Show on the ticket.